Now, the epistle for the last Sunday after Pentecost is taken from St. Paul's epistle to the Colossians, the first chapter. Brethren, we cease not to pray for you and to beg that you may be filled with the knowledge of the will of God in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of God in all things pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to the power of his glory in all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to God the Father, who hath made us worthy to be partakers of the lot of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the remission of sins. And the Holy Gospel is taken from the Gospel of St. Matthew, the 24th chapter. At that time, Jesus said to his disciples, When you shall see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, he that readeth, let him understand. Then they that are in Judea, let them flee to the mountains. And he that is on the housetop, let him not come down to take anything out of his house. And he that is in the field, let him not go back to take his coat. And woe to them that are with child and that nurse in those days. But pray that your flight be not in the winter or on the Sabbath. For there shall be then great tribulation, such as hath not been been from the beginning of the world until now, neither shall be. And unless those days had been shortened, no flesh should be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say to you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, do not believe him. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch as to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Behold, I have told it to you beforehand. If therefore they shall say to you, Behold, he is in the desert, go ye not out. Behold, he is in the closets, believe it not. For as lightning cometh out of the east, and appeareth even into the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Wheresoever the body shall be, there shall the eagles also be gathered together. And immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun shall be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven shall be moved. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with much power and majesty. And he shall send his angels with a trumpet and a great voice. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from the farthest parts of the heavens to the utmost bounds of them. And from the fig tree learn a parable. When the branch thereof is now tender, and the leaves come forth, you know that summer is nigh. So you also, when you shall see all these things, know ye that it is nigh, even at the doors. 
Amen, I say to you that this generation shall not pass away till all these things be done. Heaven and earth shall pass, but my words shall not pass. Thus far the words to today's Holy Gospel. They shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with much power and majesty. And he shall send his angels with a trumpet and a great voice, and they shall gather together his elect. These words are taken from the gospel of today's Mass. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. At this seminary in Round Top, New York, we have a relic of the true cross, a splinter of the actual cross on which our Lord Jesus Christ died. There are many pieces and relics of the true cross around the world, and one day all those pieces will come together again to form our Savior's cross. It is a common opinion amongst theologians and scripture scholars that the sign of the Son of Man, which will precede our Lord's second coming, and which is spoken of in today's gospel, will be the true cross of our redemption. Thus the splinter from the seminary and the splinters and pieces from all the churches throughout the world will on the last day make their way to the place of judgment and join to complete the true cross again. There will be other signs that will precede the last day. Among many wonders in nature, our Lord prophesied that he shall send his angels to call together all mankind with a trumpet and a great voice, summoning every man to judgment. The graves of all men shall roll back. The dead shall rise. Their souls shall be reunited to their bodies and they will walk again. When all are gathered together in the valley of Jehoshaphat, the angels will separate the good from the bad. From Adam all the way to the last soul that just passed away, the judgment will begin. The sheep, as scripture says, will be separated from the goats. The sheep, or the souls of the elect, will be on the right side of the judgment seat. And the goats, or the souls of the wicked, will be on the left. There will be a great difference seen between the bodies of the just and the bodies of the damned as well. Even if the just souls had been dead for centuries, not a sign of corruption now will show. The just will appear more beautiful than ever before. Their imperfections... We all have imperfections, bodily imperfections. They will all be gone. And they will be, those souls with now the immortal bodies, will be as resplendent as the sun. The sheep will already begin to taste the anticipation and some of the joy and happiness of paradise. On the other hand, the bodies of the reprobate will be marred. 
They will be corrupted and hideous. They will even emit a horrible stench. They will have a taste of the pain and the eternal shame for having thrown their souls away by giving in to every gratification and temptation. Their souls and their bodies will curse one another. The souls will say, You accursed body, to indulge your desires, I have brought myself to this perdition. And the body will answer and say, Why have you, O soul, you who had reason and intellect, power to choose, allow me to cast myself into the filthy mire of sin? At that moment, when all mankind will have a clear knowledge once and for all of the purpose of our lives and the means of fulfilling their end, the eternal judge will then arrive. They shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with much power and majesty. They will see our Lord himself coming again to earth from heaven. To the just, their judge will appear as the merciful and loving sacred heart. His sacred wounds will show in his hands and feet. They will be brilliant and will be a sweet consolation. The holy face of Christ the King will be gentle and pleasing. And his glorious cross, now reformed, will be their triumph. But to those who have chosen to please themselves rather than God, our Lord will appear quite differently. He will appear as the sovereign judge of justice to the wicked. The wounds inflicted by them on their judge will be their embarrassment, and the cross will be their shame. At the moment of the general judgment, Every thought, word, and action of every man and woman that has ever existed will be revealed and judged. A sentence will be given, and it will be final. To the sheep, our Lord will say, Come, ye blessed of my Father, possess the kingdom prepared for you from the beginning of the world. And with adoration and thanksgiving, they will receive their reward. But to the others, the judge will say, Depart from me, ye accursed, into everlasting fire, which was prepared for the devil and his followers. And with remorse and despair, they will receive what they have earned and choose. Today, my dear faithful, on the last Sunday after Pentecost, at the close of the liturgical year, the Church gives us this gospel. Holy Mother, the Church, as a loving mother, wants to remind her children to look after their souls and to prepare for our last end. And thus the gospel presents the events which precede the second coming of our Lord at the end of the world. But, my dear faithful, it sometimes happens that we can lose sight of the purpose of our lives when we are living our busy and hectic day-to-day lives. 
And we can forget that there will be an end of the world. Do we not sometimes get distracted along the way? Or discouraged because it seems like the wicked always prosper and the good continue to suffer and lose, to have bad luck at each step. Nonetheless, one day justice will be had. In fact, the Baltimore Catechism says, There is need of a general judgment... Though everyone is judged immediately after death, the particular judgment, so that the providence of God, which on earth often permits the good to suffer and the wicked to prosper, the divine providence may in the end appear just before all men. By that I mean that on the day of general judgment, everything will change. There will be eternal justice, and everything will be made right. The general judgment is our Lord's second coming, coming to judge the living and the dead. And every person who has ever lived will be gathered together, body and soul, to render an account of their lives. It is true For the wicked, this will be a dreadful day of shame, a day of justice. I'd like you to imagine yourself there, seeing the sheep on one side and the goats on the other. For the wicked, you can imagine their minds and intellects thinking, What was I doing? Why did I act this way, think this way, say those things? That was not important through my life. Now I should have been trying to become holy throughout my life. What was I doing? Imagine the fear in the eyes of the wicked. Their hearts will sink with shame and despair. And then they will wish they had amended their lives and followed their consciences. They will be angry at themselves for seeking only power pleasure, riches, and honors. When we think of the day of judgment, we often think of it with fear and trembling, as a part of us should. We should have a fear about judgment, uh, not an excessive fear, but a just fear that should make us become holy and practice virtue and be mindful to fight against temptation. But for the good, it will be a day of rejoicing, a day long awaited for the reward of our efforts and labors. For the good, the general judgment will be the beginning of eternal paradise. The just, the persecuted, and those who have mortified themselves on earth will see the triumph of the cross the happy victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. And they will see the results of and the reward for all their sacrifices and patient suffering. Their crosses will now be seen as joyful, glorious, and triumphant. As St. Paul says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this time are not worthy to be compared with the glory to come. 
that shall be revealed in us. What joy will be theirs on that day when they see Christ their King, our loving Savior. Judgment Day to them will not be one of shame nor of pain, but it will be a day that they have looked forward to, their day of reward. You see, no one's judgment, not mine, not yours, not this person or that person's, no one's judgment will be a surprise. It is we who choose what our judgment will be. We can make sure that that day will be for us one of rejoicing and happiness. It is really not hard, if you think about it, to figure out how to end up on that right side of our Lord. We already know that our Lord that same sovereign judge asks us that we have to use our time on this earth to live good Catholic lives, to be faithful friends of the Sacred Heart and His Most Blessed Mother. Let us then have patience with our daily crosses and bear them with and for our Lord. Continue to persevere and fight against temptation and redouble your efforts to practice virtue each day. Let us use each day to prepare for the most important day on earth, the day of judgment. And on that day, we each will stand before the judgment seat to be judged according to our every thought, word, and action. And thus, while we have time, let us live well so that we will die well. And if we do this, that last day will not be one of dread or shame, but we will look forward to it as a relief from this valley of tears and a consoling reward for all our efforts. When it comes down to it, all that matters is that we save our soul. And this we can do under the protection of our most blessed mother and in the love of the sacred heart. God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.